0: Jesus for every disease, Jesus for every situation, Jesus for every complication,
1: affliction so I'm asking you Reverend to read that for me uh, so that I can begin my sermon
2: okay so I went to the Webster it says definition of affliction a cause of persistent pain or distress great suffering the state of being afflicted by something that causes suffering. That is the Webster Dictionary. No, it says feel empathy with their inflection and a mystery affliction.
1: Okay. All right. So you kind of get some idea what affliction means. That's not a word that we use uh, frequently in this day and time, although uh, in another scripture in our uh, in the word of God, it talks about we suffer a life affliction compared to what Jesus went through. Anything we go through is a life affliction. But of course, we go through because the enemy wants to distract us and keep us from being and doing what God wants us to do. So Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you because you're always there for us no matter what's going on in our lives. And so we ask this morning that you would anoint the ears of the hearers and cause their hearts to be open to receive from the word of God this morning that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Lord, we thank you because you have brought us a mighty long way. And we know, Father God, you didn't bring us this far to leave us. So whatever's going on in our life this morning, we just yield ourselves to you, to the Holy Spirit, and we allow the Holy Spirit to lead and guide us. And so what we expect is what your word promises us, that you will never leave us or forsake us that even before we call, you will answer. And while we're yet speaking, you will hear. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So this morning, as I say, we're gonna talk about uh, things to thank God for when we're in the midst of an affliction. And so I asked Reverend to read the definition of affliction so we'd all be on the same page. So one of the most important things we must do when we suffer is to give thanks. Now, none of us want to suffer. That's the part of our walk with the Lord that we always want to be on top. We always want to be uh, positive. We always want good things to happen. And God is good, so we expect him to cause good things to happen. But we forget that even though God is our source now, we still uh, are involved with Satan. Satan is always trying to get us back. He always wants to uh, get us uh, to uh, to join him in his mess again, because see, we first belong to him. And so because we first belong to him, he still is trying to use us. And because we uh, don't uh, cooperate with him. He is angry with us. He wants us to do what he wants us to do, and we did that for a long time. We did what he wanted us to do. So this morning, when we look at this, we look at uh, the fact that uh, you know suffering is in the game. Suffering's in the game, yeah. And sin is still reigning free in this world. You see, and that's why as we accept the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior and we're following what the Word of God says and doing what God wants us to do, it's always war. We're at war. We're always having to come against the evil in the world. So sometimes we're in pain. We're not only in physical pain, We're in emotional pain and things aren't going well. And we're having trouble with our finances, trouble with other people and uh, sickness and all of these ugly things that represent what we call sin. And, you know, there was no sickness and disease in the world until Adam and Eve fell in the garden that's when all that death there wasn't it wasn't there and if you go back in the old testament you can see that people lived a lot longer than they live now however long life is occurring more and more in this world interestingly enough but in those days uh, Methuselah, lived for 900 years and I think Adam and Eve lived a long time, even after they fell from grace. And so we have to know that uh, uh, this pain and this tragedy and all we see in this world is not of God but we are in the world. We're not of the world but we're in the world. So that's how we have to look at that. So giving thanks in the midst of agony and is certainly not an easy thing to do we know that but this is what we need to do because we are people of faith and if we believe what God's Word says then we have to follow what God's Word says and sometimes it's not easy so when we look at Ephesians 5 and 20 it tells us that we should give thanks always and for everything to God, the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then we look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18, and it says, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Giving thanks helps us to focus, focus on God during that time of affliction, and it steers us away from complaining, It strengthens our faith, and it brings glory to Jesus. And so there are many things we can give thanks for when we suffer. But I'm going to talk about a few this morning that stand out to me that we can uh, begin to verbalize uh, as we're going through this light affliction. Uh, So we're going to talk about that. And so this morning, I want to say before I get started uh, going any further with this teaching, when I got up this morning, the Lord began to minister to me about what I went through when he sent me to a uh, Bible Training College, and I went without funds. I went to Tulsa, Oklahoma for the state of California with $250 in my pocket, (laughs) and I had a house up for sale. My house was up for sale, and uh, I was going to a place I had never been before, and I didn't know about my housing. There were all kinds of things to say to me, you ought to stay home, but in faith, I went where God sent me, and uh, he was reminding me how I was standing in faith for the house that he gave me down there in Tulsa. And also during that time, uh, you know, that my house was in escrow because my house in California was for sale. Um, This realtor I had was not an honest man, and he did some things. He had no business trying to sell the house to a couple that lived right down the street from where the house that my house was up for sale. We were neighbors before I left, and so he he didn't couldn't close. He was afraid to close the deal, and so my house is sitting in escrow and actually did sit there for nine months. That's in my book, y'all. Well, I'm not going to do the book this morning, but I God reminded me of that this morning. And the scripture that he reminded me of that I said many, many, many times is in Romans chapter 4 and it's verse 20. And it says in the King James translation, I stagger not at the promise of God through unbelief, but being strong in faith and giving glory to God. I am fully persuaded that what you have promised me, Lord, you are also able to perform. And I said that so many times. That was the word that I stood on going through what I was going through. And you could call that a unlike affliction. It was a heavy duty one to me. So, you know, God, we know that God is sovereign and we know uh That God is sovereign, I want to say, and in complete control of everything, the intensity and the duration of this affliction we're going through. In other words, God is there all the time. He allows it because it causes us to grow. He doesn't do it to us. Satan doesn't do it. So I want to get that clear, that Satan is the author of these afflictions, not God. But God allows that because he needs to cause us to grow. And when we look at that, we look at Job. We're not going back to the story of Job, but you can. And what he went through, and he didn't do anything wrong. God had a conversation with Satan, or Satan had a conversation with God. Let me say that, because God don't speak to converse with Satan, uh, because he's a fallen angel, and he tried to be equal to God with God, so that's why he's not a good angel anymore. But uh, Satan had this dialogue, and he said to God, God was talking about how faithful Joe was, and he said to God, Satan, Oh if you let me do what I want to do to him I'll show you how faithful he is That's my translation You can go back and read it And the different translations That we have available to us In the word of God And so as a result Job went through a test Job didn't know nothing about Satan Because that's Old Testament And so he didn't know anything about Satan But he knew he was going through hell And so as a result uh, his friends began to accuse him of doing something wrong. You must have done something wrong. How often have we thought that about people? We see all the hell they're going through, and we say, they must have did something wrong, because it ain't no way they ought to be going through that until it's our turn. And then when it's our turn, we want all the sympathy in the world. So we need to do some things here, in order to get through this affliction. And so <clears throat> we, look, <clears throat> we look and we see uh, that uh, God says to us, I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like Declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times things not yet done, saying my counsel shall stand And I will accomplish all my purpose. And that's Isaiah 46, 9 and 10. And then we need to know that God's love and mercy never ceases. God never stops loving us. And he never stops being merciful to us. God is not that kind of God. He loves us unconditionally. And that means that he loves us when we're right. And he loves us when we're wrong, but when we're wrong, he lets us know what the problem is. Because when we sin, it pulls the shade down between us and God. So in order to get that shade back up, we do what we call repentance. And as we do that, then God can, uh, we can freely uh, communicate with him again. And so... God's love and mercy never ceases. And we see that in Lamentations, verse chapter three, verses 22 and 23. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an <laughs> end. They are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. And I always shuffle when I see this scripture because I was doing a, <clears throat> a retreat for higher power one year. Uh, This is an organization called Jesus is Our Higher Power. And I was doing a retreat, a weekend retreat for them. And God had given me to teach from the very book that I first talked about, which is the Book of Romans. And uh, we were talking about being saints. You see, we don't call ourselves saints much anymore, but we are actually God's saints. And so my subject during that weekend was about how we should act like saints and not saints, So anyway, I read this picture as one of my references and the sister there, whom I love very much, uh, her, uh, she uh, she and her husband, her husband's now going home to be with the Lord, Brother Vicente. And so she asked me, she said, well, pastor, does God's mercy only come in the morning. I said, no, baby. God's mercy is all the time. But in this scripture, in Lamentations, which is a book that was written by Jeremiah, he was going through affliction. The nation of Israel was going through affliction. And so he wrote this scripture. He said, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. So we need to understand that to help us in thanking God, you know, uh, we need these scriptures. We need this word to help us to thank God. And that Jesus will never leave nor forsake us. He will never leave or forsake us. So we see that in Hebrews 13 and 5. Keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And, you know, I when I was going through affliction, waiting on that house to sell. And down there in Oklahoma at Rama, living off of a, a little bit of rent that somebody was paying me. The person that was paying me rent for my house was renting my house. Uh, while I was doing that, you know, I... Remember that scripture in Psalms. I believe Psalms 37 where it says, I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging for bread. Sometimes we need to know that scripture because, you know, things get really tight with our finances and we are walking by faith and we have to know that I have, we, you know, David, the psalmist said that I have. Never seen the righteous forsaken. You see, I was down there by myself, away from my family and away from my children. I would never been away from my children before, worried about them, even though they were adults. And I was sitting up in the service there at Raymond wet night. It was the faith Bible, the Bible seminar that uh, Brother Hagen used to hold every year. And that word was in a song and the rhema singers were singing that song and i was sitting there and at first my mind was so far away from what was going on in that room because i was going through that light of affliction and all of a sudden god said listen listen and the rhema singers were saying i've never seen the righteous forsaken no they'll see begging for bread god was speaking to me your kids are all right They're all right, and I haven't forsaken you because you're down here struggling, trying to make it so that uh, uh, you can go back and do the work that I have for you or you can do the work I have for you because my understanding at that time was is that I was not going to go back to California or come back to California to live, but then when God made up his mind when I was going to do whatever I thought about it, Was out the window. So then God is with you in your affliction. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. Through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, and the flames shall not consume you. Again, Isaiah 43 and 2. And we have to know that God hears every prayer. You see, if we are really in touch with God, and we are not allowing anything to come between us and God, which is, that's what sin does, then he hears everything. He hears everything we say. He knows every thought we think. He knows every hair on our head. We have to know that. So when we look at Psalms 34 and 15, it says the eyes of the Lord are towards the righteous, and His ear toward their cry. And then Psalms 34 and 17, when the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of their troubles. So we need to understand that this morning. Whatever we're going through this morning, God knows it. He hears our prayers because we're going to keep the lines of communication open by making sure that we are not Uh, Letting sin linger I'm not going to say You're not going to sin But when you sin and you know it You ask God's forgiveness That's called repentance And that's when things change So God is using uh, This affliction That you might be going through uh, He's He's using it to make you like Christ That's what we're going Through those things for to make us more like Jesus, to make us more like uh, God's son, to help us uh, to be faithful. Because, you know, Jesus was faithful to the end. You know, they crucified him, nailed him to the cross, and he continued to, to stand firm on who he was and whose he was. And so we have to know that. So God's using this affliction to make us like Christ. So we know, Romans 8, 28 and 29, we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed in the image of his son and in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers again that's romans 8 28 and 29 so we have to know then that this affliction is momentary and it's light we call it light compared to the eternal reward it's producing but we also call it light because if jesus could be nailed to the cross and hang there, and be spat on, and treated, and badly whipped until his back looked like a ground beef, we ought to be able to go through this light affliction, because he's going to help us, he's going to send people uh, to us, he's going to have people praying for us, all of that, so this light affliction is momentary. And it's light compared to the eternal reward it's producing. So Second Corinthians 4 and 17 tells us, for this light momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. So we have to remember that, saints. I hope you're uh, taking these scriptures down because, honey, every day we need to hear these scriptures. So the... Next thing we need to know is that Jesus is our sympathetic high priest who intercedes for us constantly. He is our sympathetic high priest and he intercedes for us. He's sitting at the right hand of the throne of grace asking God to help us, helping God to understand what it's like to be in a flesh and blood body. helping. Uh, uh to, to asking God to be merciful to us. That is what we do in intercession. We stand in the gap for others. And God called me to the ministry of intercession and first called me to the ministry of intercession before he called me to fivefold ministry. And so I didn't know anything about intercession prayer. I had never heard the word before. And so when I asked some of the people that were around me that I thought were knowledgeable of God's work and and they couldn't help me either. But then God sent me to a place to be taught. He sent me to a little, uh, it was a, a church being held, a service, church service being held in the YMCA in Cupertino. And the name of that ministry was Faith Christian Fellowship. And the name of the pastor was Dick Bernal. And he sent me to that place to learn about intercessory period. He also sent me to that place so that I could acknowledge my calling to fivefold ministry. And then he sent me to that place because I would attend the same Bible college that Dick Bernal had attended. And God used this man mightily in my life. He started his work here in the area in Cupertino, California, in the YMCA. And when I got there, there were five. He had about 400 members. Uh, I moved uh, to uh, Sunnyvale, and then I went to Oklahoma, and when I came back, he was in San Jose, the ministry was called Jubilee <laughs> Christian Center, and he had one of the largest ministries in the state, maybe in the country. And so you see, God sent me where he wanted me not only to learn about intercessory prayer, this gift he had given me to pray for others, and not even know what they were going through, but praying for them by faith and letting the Holy Spirit use me. And not only did he do that, but he also uh, caused this ministry to be the place where I would learn what my future would hold, and that I would be able to go forward with what God had called me to do. So I need to just say, Uh, That we need to know that he, God, is... uh, Jesus is a sympathetic high priest who intercedes for us constantly. So, uh, we look at the scripture in Hebrew 4 and 15. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are yet, as we are yet without sin, Hebrews 4 and 15, Hebrews 7 and 25 says, consequently, he is able to save to the uttermost, those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for us, he makes for them, he says in the scripture, but he always is making intercession for us. And then we need to know that God is near us in heart. And so Psalms 34, 18 says, The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. We also need to know that Jesus is our refuge. He's our strength and he's our strong tower. And he can run to him. We need to know that. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble, Psalms 46 and one. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous man runs into it and is safe. And that's Proverbs 18 and 10. And then we need to know that God has saved us and he washes away our sins. And he has adopted us as his own children. We are adopted into the family of God through the, uh, uh, the, the crucifixion, through the death, and through the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So if we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior, if we invite him into our lives and ask him to be that Lord and Savior for us, then we are adopted into the family of God. Romans 4 and 7 said, Blessed are those whose transgressions are forgiven and whose sins are covered. That's Romans 4 and 7. And we need to know that someday Jesus will wipe away every tear from your eyes and that you will see his glorious face. We're going to have that happen for us. Why? Because we know Jesus Christ, we have accepted him as our Lord and Savior. And then Revelations 21 and 4 tells us, he will wipe away every tear from our eyes. Well, the scripture says he will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning or crying nor pain anymore. For the former things have passed away. Revelations 21 and 4 promises us that those that are saved, those that know Jesus Christ, those that have sent Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, that, that's what the So the Bible talks about affliction. The Bible has a great yield the same amount of affliction, and Christians are guaranteed to endure trials of any kind. I'm sorry to tell you, but yes, Jesus is your Lord and Savior, but he didn't promise us that we wouldn't have trouble, but he promised us peace, and he promised us joy, even in the midst of these circumstances that we go through. So although we can't highlight every Bible past passage, uh, but we are going to uh, share some of the, what the Bible says about affliction. <clears throat> Romans 10, 17, and 18. Oh, Lord, you hear the desire of the afflicted. You will strengthen their heart. You will incline your ear to do justice to the fatherless and the oppressed so that man who is of the earth may strike terror no more. Psalms 34, 17, and 20. When the righteous cry for help, the Lord heals and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted, and he saves the crushed in spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of all of them. And he keeps all his bones. Not one of them is broken. Not only him, but her too. So I want to make sure you understand that. 2 Corinthians 12 and 9. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet the trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. And then James 5 and 11. Behold, we consider those blessed who remain steadfast. You have heard the steadfastness of Job, and you have seen the purpose of the Lord, how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. I just want you to know, Saints. That we have a God who cares. We have a God who delivers. We have a God who heals. And we need to know that God is always present. We need to know that God is always with us. He has promised never to leave us or forsake us. He said, I'll be with you even until the end. So whatever you're going through this morning, whatever the devil is lying to you about this morning, whatever is not of God that's tormenting you or or, or causing you pain, if you got pain in your body this morning, God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask or think. He's a miracle-working God. And so I want you to leave here this morning as we uh, uh, dismiss, knowing that God's got you. He's got you. He's got you back. And all you have to do is trust him and allow him to lead and you follow and spend that time that you need to spend with him in prayer. Spend that time that you need to spend with him in the word and let him comfort you and encourage you and make sure that you don't neglect your time with him because that's where your faith comes from. That's where your strength comes from. And we all need that. We need to increase our faith. And that's what the word of God does for us. We spend time in prayer with him talk with him about those things that are going on in our lives he's not a gossip the Holy Spirit is not a gossip and you know what I thank God that I know I can trust him you can trust him, you can trust him he'll he'll not fail you and he'll not allow you uh, to be moved and so you just have to trust him and know that he's God, I'm telling you I was I'm just amazed at how many, when I look back over my life that song I'm said, I just can't believe sometimes how much God has done for me, the miracles that he's worked in my life. And he continues to do so. You know, everything that he does for us to cause us to be who we are, you just have to praise him for that and so this morning as we get ready to close I just want to encourage each one of you to take these scriptures that I have given you this morning and put them uh, aside as uh, encouraging words for you just knowing who God is and what he does and speak that word out loud you know faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So not only do we need to uh, know what the word says, but we need to hear it so we can speak it out loud. And, you know, as we speak it out loud, we're hearing it. And hearing and hearing and hearing it. That's what that scripture means. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so with that Uh, we're going to close this morning if there's anybody here who doesn't know the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior we want to invite you to get to know him we know that he was crucified on Calvary for our sins and he died and then they buried him like they do even today dead bodies they buried him but on the third day, he was resurrected. He got up out of that grave and he walked the streets of Jerusalem uh, uh, for a, a period of time before he ascended into heaven. You can read that for yourself. You can read it in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and you can read the book of Acts and find out he ascended unto uh, the heaven and people were standing there. His disciples were standing there watching him. And he sits at the right hand of the throne of grace today, making intercession for us. So if you don't know him, all you have to do is say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my life. I know you died for me. You gave your life for me. And you now sit at the right hand of the throne of grace making intercession for me. So I invite you into my heart. Come into my heart and be my Lord and Savior. I want to serve you for the rest of my days in Jesus' name. That's all you have to do, saints. And if you're not a saint this morning, you don't have to be a saint because Jesus is alive and well and he will accept you if you allow him to come into your heart. So with that said, I'm so happy to see all of you this morning, Some I haven't seen for a while, but you're here this morning, and I thank God for you. I hope our three or less women are on. I really don't know, I need to check and make sure that they get on on Sunday morning. And uh, so I'm gonna ask uh, the Reverend to dismiss us.
2: Amen. So uh what can I say after that? <laughs> There's not much I can say. Thank you. Thank you for uh uh that message, you know. Uh uh when I think about what Jesus went through hanging on that cross, getting beaten. They put that crown on his head and 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 you know when I think about his affliction, it does make mine light. And, and that's, that was the message to me. We have light afflictions compared to what... So when you're going through the ringer, as they call it, think about what Jesus went through. I'm going to tell you, it wasn't those nails that actually held him to the cross because he, he didn't have to hang there by those nails. It was Jesus' love for us that he hung there on that cross. Those nails couldn't hold him if, they, if, if he didn't want them to. It was Jesus' love for us that hung him on that, that he stayed on that cross. It wasn't the nails, y'all. Just want y'all to know that. So when you go through affliction, like the pastor said, we need to consider it as light affliction. We need to take it serious and we need, yeah, yeah, things happen and and, and bad things may happen and we go through affliction. The Bible said uh, offenses are going to come. We're going to go through these trials and tribulations But think about what Jesus went through when you go through them, and it will put a smile on your face, unfortunately. It'll put a smile on your face because you'll be like, well, I didn't go through what Jesus went through. Thank you, Lord. And that's the way we need to look at it because like the pastor just said, what Jesus went through is nothing compared to what we go through today, y'all. So I got to thank you for that because sometimes I need a, a, a reminder of that because I'm like, oh Lord, I ain't got this and I ain't got that. and But I'm not on a cross with nails in my hands and feet and people punching me in the side. I, I That ain't happening to me, you know? So thank you for that, Pastor. It's a reminder and we need to keep that with us and we need to, I ain't going to say no more because it's all been said. Just remember that just remember that so father god we just want to thank you this morning father god we want to thank you for the reminder we want to thank you for the word that went forth today father god and we thank you for the messenger We thank you for the message, dear Lord. And Father God, as we carry on our week, Father God, we just want to carry that message with us, Father God, as people will try to come against us and things will try to make us uh, go sideways, Father God, and things will try to make us do things that are not of you, Father God. But we got to remember, Father God, that we are strong because you made us strong, Father God. We can handle any affliction, Father God, that the enemy has to put on us, Father God. As long as we know you, Father God We ask the hedge of protection Over each and everyone here today And all the family members that are represented here today, Father God We ask that protection over them, Father God We thank you, Father God We give you all praise, honor, and glory In the mighty name of Jesus And everyone say amen
1: Amen, amen
2: Amen. Amen. All right,
1: y'all have a blessed day. I love you in the love of the Lord. Amen. Right. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Thank, Thank you. you. I needed need to hear that for what I'm going through right now. I really need to hear that. Thank you. Uh, uh, me too. I, I, Thank I, you, Pastor. I really I really
2: enjoyed that today. Thank you. Yeah, I did. I enjoyed that. Good message. Amen. Yes, 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 yes. Amen. Thank God. Thank God.
1: Thank God. Thank you. Yes, <laughs> man. <Thank you.
2: laughs> all right, everybody. Y'all have a blessing. Uh, Sister Rose, Tracy, Monique. Everybody, y'all have a blessing, one, Brother Zedric. All right. All right. I'm going to be calling you. This time, answer. contact with you, Richard. Okay. All right, y'all. Be blessed. All right. All right, Pastor. I'll be in contact with you, okay? All right, Richard. All right, y'all. Hey, man, what a message from Pastor Mary Frazier of the Bread of Life Church. I hope y'all enjoyed this message. Pass it on to your friends and uh, be blessed. Be safe. God loves you.